is Work of the Beat. It is Thursday, May 27, 2021. I'm Kevin Cooney, along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us here as we get you started for a Memorial Day weekend. It's going to be a rainy Memorial Day weekend as uh, the, the forecast, Mr. Kern, not good for those who were... Uh, it never is. No. No. I, and, and this is one of the great things that I I always worry wonder about. People love going to the Shore Memorial Day weekend. And let's be honest, most of the time, it's not great weather weekend. Would you agree? When I was, I don't know, 20s, whatever, young, before I was married, we used to go every Memorial Day, every 4th of July, every Labor Day. My aunt had a place in Wildwood. Most of the time, we would go stay there, North Wildwood. And we would say the same thing, but we didn't care. Right. Because, you know, uh, you know, we were drinking or whatever we were doing. We were with friends. We didn't care. But if, if, if the last place I would want to go on a holiday weekend is the shore. Sure. Yeah. And I feel bad for the merchants down there because obviously last year was, was a wipeout. And now they're already, you know, I saw some stories because they do the same stories every year. But, you know, the merchants rooting for good weather. Well, they're not going to get it. So then they're going to be saying, geez, now we're. You know, and I'm, I'm sure they're hoping for a great summer. And, it, yeah, I mean, who knows? I, I think a lot of people will be going down the shore. I, I know we'll make day trips and stuff. But we don't, when you make a day trip, you don't spend a whole lot of money. Um, I don't know. I I've, I've spent some money on day trips, but. I mean, you spend money, but it's yeah. not like when you're down Oh, it's not like week. the residue. Yeah. Like, you're not, you know, you're not going not to the rent- supermarket. You're not doing. Well, you're not renting a room. Right. You know, you're not renting for a couple grand or. Whatever, but I heard you can't even get rooms down there. No, I mean, I, apparently rentals. I, I know friends of mine just bought a house last year in Ocean City, and they're 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 all booked up. They're, you know, well, so good for them. I don't think people are going way way. No, way no, away. people are I'm people going, are wanting to travel, but they're not going too far. Well, I'm going to New I, I was just going to say, yeah, but that's because of Bernard Fernandez. We, we've we've been there, but if I was just if there wasn't Bernard in the equation, I don't think I would say to my wife, hey, let's go to Florida or let's go pick a spot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know. I don't think you can go. I don't even think you can go to Bermuda, but whatever. Let's go. No, I'd probably say let's get in a car and drive. Right. So, well, um, and, and but, you're going to Myrtle Beach later in the summer. So that's the kind of deal you're talking. Correct. Yeah, and we'll be driving. And um, but again, it's, um, you know, it's. It, it's people are getting back into the yep. norm a little bit. And, yeah. and so I think that, but I still think it'll be next summer until we really see where you don't even think about it. Let me, uh, let me tell you what's on the day show. Obviously next- before you get there, do you want me to like take out a, um, a, a, a flight attendant on, on my flight? Like they did on Southwest the other day. Do you read that story? No, I didn't. Some Southwest flight attendant lost two teeth. Because they got and and the person that apparently knocked the TV out, they're saying that the flight attendant was rude, you know, was yelling and of screaming because apparently they didn't have their masks on or whatever. And can people just? I know people are frustrated. We've been doing this for. If you go on an airplane, really keep the mask. I mean, unless you're drinking or so or whatever, is that really that hard? No, I mean, you know, and so. Um, and apparently, this has been happening a lot. Yeah. Well, so. we'll get we'll get the people and people's reaction on different things and the way they yeah. they handle themselves in a moment. Obviously, let's start with the Sixers, who are up 2-0 on the Washington Wizards. 
um, another dominant. They had a dominating performance last night. That's what you expect from a good team in a game two. After kind of a little bit of a struggle in game one, they didn't look all together. Game two, Simmons came out and played really well. He played pretty well in game one, but it got overshadowed with the free throw thing. I thought that they looked really good last night. Able to rest some guys, too. And now the question, Mike, is, you know, is this one pretty much over in your mind? or or This one was over before they played a game. Okay. I don't understand where people are getting. Look, if the Sixers can't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, then something's wrong. So, okay, they look great against the Wiz. Who cares? I, I mean, it's great that they look great, but I don't care if they win by 7 or 17 or 27 or, you know, that Joel didn't have to play the fourth quarter. Yeah, I guess that's a good thing. It's And, and then, God forbid, if they only play like nine games or ten games and then they get to the, the Eastern Finals and they lose the first game because they were off ten days, and then somebody's going to say, well, they had too much rest. Well, you know. My only concern, apparently, Curry went out last night. Yeah, with an ankle, and they, they're yeah. not. They didn't have any media availability, I believe, today since That's they're not, not playing good. until Saturday. I no, mean, those are the things that you don't. But other than Embiid getting hurt, or Simmons getting hurt, or Tobias getting hurt, they're not losing to the Wiz. They might lose a game. Well, especially Hell, with maybe they lose two. I don't know. Especially, don't, especially with Westbrook looking like he injured his ankle, and we'll get into Westbrook in a minute. It doesn't matter. Right. The Sixers are the one seed. They're the eight seed. And I know they were good at the end of the year, and they have two really good players. I get all that. My biggest question out of last night, and I am not a Ben Simmons hater. I understand. Why can he do that and not do it more? Please explain it to me. Does he need people going all over social media and ripping them, which was unfair, I thought, yeah. Even though he did only have six points in the first game and did miss six free throws, which a lot of people say, well, let I mean, him miss six free throws in a game that they lose. Yeah. I mean, he, he did have 15 said. assists, and that does matter. I'm not discounting that. I'm not that knocking point. him. No. He brings a lot to the table, but he can't score six. Like, last, so last night he comes out, and, and it's like the first, you know, he's all over it. Yeah. Well, why doesn't he do that more? I mean, it's you know why is it once every ten games? I I just don't get it. I if you can do it, do it. You know maybe Joel doesn't have to score thirty five. Maybe Joel scores twenty five. Um, and then the other team's got to worry about you. Uh, he still has no offensive game. You know it's all done, and that's great. I mean the one play last night early with Westbrook, you know, follows and dunks. And, you know, he's, he's, you know, pumping his chin and all this. And three seconds later, they got the ball to Simmons. He was down the court dunking yep. at the other end of the court. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, like, you know, he's got no – he's got no – even around the rim, he's not that good. He really isn't. People got to understand he's in his fourth year, I think, right? He's not a good offensive player, but he's a facilitator. He plays defense. His numbers are always like, you know, he's plus 20 or he's whatever. So you can't just say – you know, if they like, if, but if they don't, if they don't get past the second round, which I think they're going to, yeah, he's probably going to. They're going to look into making a change. Well, and he's the logical guy. Now, if they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals and it's a decent series, then they got to sit there and say, "Can we win with this group?" Well, I, I and, and I, I think the, I think the thing when I look at it with them, and, and, and this goes to this goes primarily to Simmons. You know, I, look, Harris, I think, has played 
so far at a different level. I think Harris is pl- up to his, I think he's clearly more comfortable than he has been in either of the two playoff runs they've made. Because of the coach. It's the because coach. of the coach. Yeah, I and, think. And Bead is still the most dominant. I think they have a deeper bench than people give it credit for. You're not going to go real deep in the playoffs. You're going to shorten the rotation once you get into a tougher rounds. But Thibault and Maxi and, uh, you know, uh, 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 the guy they got from Oklahoma City, George. Um, George Hill. George Hill. Shake Milton. Shake. Mm, there are times with Shake I get a little worried. But okay. I, I understand that. But, but, but he's going to have to make a decision like. Is it Shake or Maxi? Well, you know, who would you, you rather play, play right? Who would you rather play right now? I'd rather play Maxi. Right now, I'd rather play Maxi. But all I'm saying is, he's a rookie. Yeah. Who could who could in lay the playoffs? Out. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, I, I don't know that. Uh, I think he's going to be a good player down down the road. He might be a good player right now. And what, you know what? But what benefits them? Yeah, I mean, you, they're not going to lose. I I think they're going to sweep. The Wizards, especially if Westbrook's out, they may, maybe Washington gets a game down there and just you know prolongs it, but it's not going more than five at this point. I think we all agree. And then I, I look at the Knicks. I watched a lot of the Knicks and Hawks last night. The Knicks will test them a little bit, only because the Knicks will play defense and the Knicks will beat up on you. And I don't think that's a bad thing for them going into a series against the Bucks or or. or or uh, Brooklyn. Again, I, really I don't, don't care. We're, we're analyzing. Think about what we're doing. Because we got well, yeah, better. it's, it's preliminary rounds at this point, Mike. You're right. I think the Hawks would give them. I mean, the Hawks may be the more dangerous team because they can score more than the Knicks. Uh, I mean, the Hawks probably should have won last night and been up 2-0, but they didn't because they took nine three-pointers down the stretch and made zero of them. But New York would be more physical. New York will be more physical, and let, but neither of them should be able to beat the Sixers in a series. No, and probably you're right. we shouldn't be able to even take it to a game seven, or maybe even a game six. That the Sixers are for the third time in four decades, the Sixers are the one seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, let's not lose sight of that. Yeah. If we go back to December, even before the Harden trade, even. Most people figured the Sixers would probably finish about third yeah. after finishing sixth last year. Okay, so we didn't think they were probably not better than the Bucs. But we were still talking about Boston and Miami at that point. Okay, we weren't sure they were better than either any of those. And we didn't know what the Nets were going to be because they hadn't got Harden yet. Well, now they finished first. They, they, you know, they beat everybody. And the Bucs are pretty good. And the Nets, I know the Nets had their injury issues. So... Just accept the fact that they're the one seed. They're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, barring something stupid. And then we'll then we'll figure out, you know, are they good enough? Right. This series is not about are they good enough. Of course they're good enough. The next series will not be about are they good enough. It, it'll just be about survival. Are they, are they going to do it in five, six, they set, you know, whatever. Um, there I go with my um again. The, <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I'll, whatever. I'm past that point now. I exactly. Yeah. The um, you're you're not changing, yeah, Mike. The, the Knicks are more physical, mm-hmm. and Thibodeau will make it. You make know, it a little tougher. Knicks, exactly, but they they have they're a little bit offensively challenged. Sure. I mean, the best player right now might be um Derrick Rose. Yeah, because Randall has not looked great in these first two games. Yeah, but 
but he'll you know he'll have his moments. I, I mean, Trey I, I Young, love I love Obi Toppin. So I'm guy that can can hurt you. You know, right. Trey Young can have a forty point night. Right. Um, I, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I'd probably rather play the Hawks. Just because I think what no, you're saying about no. the Knicks, is I, I'll, true. I'll be I'll be brutally honest. I want I want the Knicks, and I'll tell you for a couple of reasons. One, I think it gets you ready for the next round better. That's one. Two, I kind of want a little juice, and Sixers Hawks isn't giving juice. You know what I want? I want to be playing in the third. I don't care. That that's oh, a, I'm that's saying a as a as a spectator, a fan thing. Like I want sure. the Yankees in 09. Well, you got the Yankees in 09. Was that fun? Okay. We want the Patriots in 04. Okay, you got the Patriots. Sometimes what you wish for as a fan, the Phillies won, made it to the World Series in 08 and 09 because they didn't play the best teams. They they missed the Cubs. They missed the Cubs in 08. They missed the uh, Cardinals, I think. No, 09, they were the best team. No. Who beat the Dodgers both years? Well, the... Well, no, the, who did the, the Dodgers, Dodgers beat? beat? The Dodgers beat the team in the first round. The, the, the Cubs, it was one year, and I'm not sure who the other. Maybe the Phillies. No, it was because the Rockies, Dodgers, Phillies, and. Who was the other team? I think it was the Cardinals. No, it wasn't the Cardinals. Okay. Well, then I'm, I can't. My memory's going right. back. It might be the Cubs again. It might have been a. a Lou, and then they didn't we play went the back Red to Sox. back. Yeah. You know, the Red Sox. So, look, I'm not saying the Phillies, I'm not taking anything away from it. I'm just saying this. I, I don't care who you play. You know, give me the Grizzlies in the in the finals if they get there. What, what am I going to do? Apologize because I'm playing. You know, no. It was the Cardinals. My apologies. <laughs> who did they play? They played the Cardinals. Uh, I told you. Yeah, it was the Cardinals. The Cardinals, the Cardinals had Cardinals. a really good team the one year, and the Dodgers took the Cubs out the one year, and the Cardinals out the, the other year, and the Phillies right. beat the Dodgers. Okay, fine. That's the way that the that's the way it flowed. You, you, you got Tampa. But the next year, it was like, we want the Yankees. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> no. And, okay, whatever. I, I don't care. The one thing about the, the – the, the, if they play the Bucs, if the Bucs are the team that gets to the Eastern Conference Finals, I think I'd rather play the Knicks because the Bucs are a more physical team. The Nets aren't physical. The Nets, don't, the Nets want to run up and down the court. I'd rather play the Hawks. The Hawks will prepare you more for the Nets than the Knicks will. You play the Knicks, the games are going to be what? Uh, high 90s, low 100s? Yeah. You play the Nets, they're going to be in the 120s, 130s, maybe. So, I mean, that's my thought. But, again, I, I don't care about the opponent. I don't care. Right. Six, get to where you got to get to. If you look good, that's great. If, if, if you don't look – I mean, there's always going to be things to pick at and say they didn't do this, they didn't do that, because they're still – a work in progress, kind of. Right. A lot because of what you said about the bench. Because we don't, the only thing we know about the bench is that Howard and Hill are going to play. Those two guys are going to play. Other than that, I don't know. Yeah. I guess Eibel's going to have to play a little, but he brings you no offense. Yeah. Um, so. Let me get to the other half of that story last night. And it's taken on a life of its own because. It involves Russell Westbrook and obviously wanting to go up in the stands when a fan reached through and, did, and dumped did you, read, did you read Murph's column? I did not. Okay, that's okay. It's what he wrote about. Um, and this gets and this has been the talk of talk radio all day. There's a couple issues, and I'm not look that fan. Uh, the Wells Fargo Center announced today that they are banning that fan from the building indefinitely. 
The Sixers have revoked his season tickets. I think um, there was a fan in New York, Kevin. A fan spit on um, Trey, yeah, and he got he got the same thing. Trey Young, yeah. Um, you and by the way, that and I mentioned this on Twitter. That's normally reserved for people who tell Jim Dolan to sell the team in New York that you get a lifetime that's, that's ban. A fair point. Um, but it reinforces the worst aspects of the Philadelphia fandom, and, and we both have, you know. And this comes on the heels, by the way. I should point out of what happened here last week, and we didn't touch on it on the show was uh, the one night, I, I want to say against the Marlins, two Philly fans ran onto the field, um, were chased down by security. I missed that. Yeah, and it was the it sure. helped like throw a pitcher off for, the, for Miami. Phillies ended up winning the game. People were like, oh, isn't that great? The fan helped save them. You know, like it just reaffirms the, raw, the, the worst instincts of the Philadelphia fan base. And... Like we've done this year, you and I have done this year after year after year. That you know, we in our business, you go to other cities, and it happens in other cities, but it always feels a little bit worse here in some way. You know, I don't well, know when, when when we make fun of Buffalo, yeah, or or places like that, Cleveland, to to name two. Do we care? Like we think it's funny. We don't. We don't think like um. You know, it only happened twice in Buffalo, or. Or whatever we're making fun of them about. Well, it's the same thing with Philadelphia. Once you become the butt of the joke, you're never, you, you know, the Michael Wilbombs of the world. I mean, because it goes all the way back to Santa Claus. Yeah, and that was seven. That was fifty years ago. And you, it's you're never going to live it down. It and and I think we some of our fan base revels in that. You know, nobody wanted to come in and play at the Spectrum. The Flyers never lost at the Spectrum. No. Nobody wanted to come into the vet to play the Eagles. No. Because they thought their knees might, you know, whatever. Explode. So we rev- we revel in that. And and some of our, our newer arenas don't kind of have that yeah. um that feel to it. But then there's the JD Drew thing. There's now Well, I was still at the vet, but yeah. But these are like maybe four instances in forty years, but that's what happens. And it, it, and, and look, know, we look at I, I look at there was a shooting of a Giants fan in the Dodger Stadium parking lot that ended right, up. Right, right. That was yeah, a lot right. worse than anything that's happened here. Sure. Uh, but it, it, it's just like the – it's like a self-inflicted error constantly. It's yeah. – it just makes you look stupid and silly, it, it degrading. Um, but, Kevin, all it takes in life – And, by the way, I do, I blame – I blame have- – Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go no ahead. I blame Wells Fargo Center a little bit for this. Okay, they had that. If you looked at the video of that, they had that big tarp, the advertising tarp right. that goes over that tunnel. Okay, mm-hmm. but and so you're wondering, well, how the hell did he dump popcorn what over a covered entrance? Well, because they were too cheap to put a little tarp down below it, or, or they didn't think of it to put a tarp down below it to cover the rest of the railing. Kevin, it's like anything else. You could have 100 police officers, and 97 of them could be really good, and the, and the two that mess up, or three that mess that's what people remember. They don't remember the police officer who did the good thing. Yeah. It's And, and same thing with teachers. You could have All the teachers, can, that's life. That's the way it is. My, this is my only, and I know the answer, what would possess a fan to do that? Is it liquor? It's expensive. Oh, well, yeah. It's arrogance. Okay. It's liquor. It's 
Well, I mean, I don't know if this guy was drunk or not. I'm just assuming no. that he might have been. But uh, but what prompts people to throw a battery at a right fielder who who didn't who didn't sign with you, like who didn't want to play here, and who, by the way, like, told the Phillies, "Don't draft me. I don't want to play. I don't want to play there." Um, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's like, and, and this is going to sound rude, but it went back to like early this year when um, Gabe Kapler came in with the Giants, and there was this massive hatred on the radios, on, and I'm thinking. What did Gabe Kapler do? If you don't like him, that's fine. If you don't want him to be your manager, that's fine. If you're going to root against the Giants, that's fine. But what did he do to 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 earn our wrath like that? Mm-hmm. Just, but that's Philadelphia, and maybe it was maybe it was an easy day on talk radio. They had nothing else to talk about. Let's bury you know. But I heard some of the some of the hosts that I follow and I like it. They're like, I hate this guy. Hate, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, and then he came in and won two out of three games. You know, so do you hate him now, or his his team's like ten games above five hundred or whatever? Yeah. the hell they are. It's it's. But like you said, the, the incident in Los Angeles where the guy got shot. Well, that was only one person that pulled a trigger out of forty five thousand people in Dodger Stadium. Yeah, but but, but, but let's also be honest. All yeah. the every stadium and every fan base has its own issues. Yes, I mean. It does get we, magnified we here. Down, right? Right. It does yeah. get magnified here. I mean, I've been, you and I have both been in a, t- a ton of stadiums around this country. Yeah. I mean, I was at Wrigley Field the night they, they threw a beer on Shane Victorino and yep. didn't get the national attention that this did. Nope. Um, and I, I, I get that, I get that part of it is the reputation of the city. And I get that we're sensitive to it. But if you're so sensitive to it, fix it. Just fix it. Don't don't be an idiot. Well, but you you but again, Kevin, you're talking to the wall because yeah, all I know. it takes is one person. The, those other ten thousand people who were I think I think there was like ten thousand people there, right? The other ten thousand people could have behaved, you know, fine. It's like that one guy that used to go to the Washington Wiz games, right? Oh, the, 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 the loud, which the loud guy, right? Oh, he was he wasn't loud. He was that, that's being generous, but I'm just saying he was there, and and but that doesn't mean the rest of the people seen it. We've seen incidents in, in New York. Yeah, thinking of things with uh, Reggie Miller and Spike. Now that that was kind of friendly. Yeah, but at times it got weird. Um, you know, they, hey, look, that's that's we're never going to live this reputation down. So I don't. It's like when people make. I said Buffalo. And Cleveland have been the butt of jokes forever that they never win anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know, finally LeBron won something. But if you ask most Philadelphians what they think of Buffalo or Cleveland, it won't be complimentary. I guarantee it. Yeah. But we get mad when they when we take the brunt of stuff because we think we're the greatest fans on the face of the earth. We think we're the most knowledgeable fans. We Okay. And maybe a lot of people are. I'm not saying they're not. But we just constantly pat ourselves on the back about how great we are until Jimmy Rollins calls you front runners. And Jimmy Rollins was right, by the way. <laughs> now, we're, we're great fans when we want to be great fans. And to me, great fans are great fans who are fans all the time. And I know, like, the Phillies haven't won in 10 years. And, and But we tend to be the type of fans, if the Phillies start winning again and get good, then they'll be selling out their stadium every night like they did for – yeah. 240 straight games or whatever. I'm not saying fans should should feel the same way when their teams are losing or they shouldn't hold their teams accountable, 
when they lose. Uh, but let's it, also, it, yeah, we're we're never going to live. We're, we're and and something like that, Kevin, will happen once every three, four, five years, and then it it'll make national news. And but like I was looking on ESPN today, and and they had the New York story right there with the Philadelphia story. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. like they played the Philadelphia story any anymore. No, because I think spitting on somebody's worse than dropping popcorn on them. Yeah. And and and, and, and Westbrook's Westbrook, you know, look, athletes are going to react on stuff like that, especially when they've gotten injured. They're getting their their teams getting their fanny kicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people are like, "Oh, Westbrook should have handled it different." No. No, well, that's it's like the Seinfeld episode, Kevin. What if somebody came to your work and dumped popcorn on you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I, look, Westbrook's a nut sometimes, or a lot of times, but he he was right. Now maybe he overreacted, given the fact that it was popcorn, right? But still, I understand why he why he would have got really mad. Mm-hmm. You know, he just got hurt. He's leaving the game, like you said. His team's getting their butts kicked. And then somebody dumps popcorn. popcorn. Then the question, like you said, becomes why wasn't why, why was the guy allowed to have an opening to dump the popcorn? I, yeah. um, I what happened last week, and I know we'll talk about this later. What happened at the PGA? Yeah, on the last hole of the PGA, and then Brooks kept it, and people were like knocking Brooks kept I'm like, no, no, he's absolutely, he was absolutely 150% right, fifty percent right. If somebody had fallen on his knee, would we be saying the same thing today? Let, let me let me get to the Phillies. We're going to switch into the Phillies right now as we're, you know, at the point of the show where we switch stuff. Um, they they split in Miami. And given the way everything's going against the, the Marlins over the years, I'm okay with it. You know, it could have been worse. Howard, Howard gave you four today. He, I, I think they have a question on what they're going to do with him going forward. Um. The offense is beat up, obviously, with Bryce Harper out and Real Muto out and Gregorius out, and no no definite time frame when any of them are coming back. Um, they're just treading water right now, and that's all anybody I think realistically can expect. The whole division is yeah, and and the whole division has injuries. By the way, like the I Mets, the Mets are beat up with, beyond belief with Nimmo three, four, and, and yeah. five hitters out. I know that. I understand that. The Braves, Azuno now is out for like five or six weeks. Broken ring finger, yep. Finger. So I don't want – and Syndergaard's on you – know, Syndergaard's you know, might be done for the year, right. He might be done forever. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to hear Philly people say, well, you know, we're hurt. No, 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 no. Everybody's hurt. And, and actually, baseball, there's injuries all over baseball. So, And I don't know why, what, what to attribute that to. I have no idea. But no, that you are an average team in an average division. Some team is not going to be average by the end of August. Or some team is going, or maybe two of them, make a move. And you just have to hope that the Phillies are one of the teams that can put together a 15 and 5 stretch. Yeah. Or something. Um, can they? I don't know. What I think also is strange is the fact, and that's strange, but what's going to hinder them doing that is they are so bad catching the baseball. They, they are among suck. the they are among the worst defensive teams I've ever seen. I mean, not just it, the Phillies teams. I'm talking so this is yeah. It's and I don't know. Like they knew that the first baseman is is horrible. He and I know he's hitting home runs. I get it. Third baseman's he, not I, much he better. He dropped a pop last night. That then 
almost, I mean, that whole eighth inning for the Marlins last night. Yeah. It almost happened again today. Yeah, it did. Alvarado comes in and walks three. How can a relief pitcher come in and walk three guys? Because you throw 100 miles an hour and you have no idea where the hell it's going. I don't going. care. I don't, then, then you know what? Then he, then maybe he shouldn't be pitching. He's four. He got the win today. Yeah. Which is amazing. But every time that, that, that whole inning in the eighth inning, there was two walks. There was a pass ball, which was a tough call. But, but okay, it was a pass ball. They could have had a double play to get him out. That would have got him out of the inning, and they end up losing the game. And at every Phillies game, think about it, Kevin. Every Phillies game goes down to the eighth or ninth inning. Yep. There was some stat I was listening on the radio today. So whoever was on with Fransky, they, they are um, Franzen. Was it was it Franzen? It was okay. Franzen. Yeah. He was actually pretty good. I, I just don't recognize his voice yet. The 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 record in games where they're, they they well today they actually wound up winning the game. But where they were leading going into the eighth inning, they had a bad record. Mm-hmm. So, which means they've already blown ten saves this year. Yeah, they blew eleven, I think, last last year, year when we said they were the worst bullpen in the history of baseball. So they still have not figured out. And Norris hasn't been that bad. I mean, I know he no, you know, he and, and Brogdon. You know he what? Walked it, a, he walked a guy in the ninth today, right? But but I think when you look at it, is their their bullpen, their bullpen is. Not nuclear. It's just kind of seismic. But it's close. It's it's a step Which, down. Maybe a couple steps down. They were starting from grounds below ground. Zero. Oh yeah. So they're so back Don to. Rouse did what he could, but some of those guys aren't any good. They, no. they really aren't. No. I know they're trying. Um, was it Kinsler? He, he. Yeah. I saw. I heard Ricky Bo uh, today on the radio, and he was just like, he shouldn't be pitching. He he, he should be, he he shouldn't even be there. Uh, but the problem with this organization is they have nothing. To they have this one guy in the minors now who's played like seven positions, and is hitting like three seventy, mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out, like, well, you know, can we bring him now? A double has sort of, for better or for worse, he's your center fielder. I think. I, yeah, I, I think I think that's is, I think that's their I think that's his spot now. That's pretty clear. Rick, Ricky Bo said that he would cut McCutcheon. Wow, that's a bit. I of don't extra. know. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just telling you what Ricky Bo. Oh, said. I know, and and I like Ricky, but I think that's a bit extreme. But okay, I do too. Because again, I don't know them what you do. Right. I, I don't know. Like, where it's not like he's holding them. back somebody in the minor leagues who's going to be. You know what? So I could bring Cornelius Randolph up. I mean, come on, no. Let's... Well, what's that guy that was hitting three seventy? Is it Luke Williams you're talking about? Yeah, that sounds right. Apparently, Girardi's intrigued by him. He's whatever. He's played like all three outfield positions. He's played like two positions in the infield. So I don't know. I don't know anything about this guy. McCutcheon is, and I like McCutcheon. I realize he has a. He probably has a good presence in the locker room and all that. I I get. He it. also does have seven homers. I know, I know. His defensive lapses are becoming... Oh, it's becoming a problem, absolutely. Apparent. He held on to the ball last night, like in the outfield. Like mm-hmm. he used to do in Little League. Yeah. Like the first thing you tell your outfielders, get it in. Where to throw, You're right. McCutcheon knows to do that. He's he's not... By the way, kudos today. Ranger Suarez pitched great for the Phillies. He's been pitched. Apparently, they're going to team him. I think with Howard. I think well, this he had is that bases loaded situation. Only gave up one run, mm-hmm. which was huge. And you know another thing the Phillies don't do very well, Kevin. And, and this is maybe baseball. They don't 
hit very well situationally. No. They don't seem like they'll hit a home run, you know, they'll hit they'll they'll come up, somebody will bash one. They just don't seem like they manu- they know how to manufacture runs. I know the game earlier was it I, maybe it was the first game against the Marlins. Girardi actually put a couple guys in motion. They stole a base, which is a lost art now too. Yeah. I think if you have a catcher or a pitcher that you think you can run against, I think you got to maybe try it once in a while. I think I think Joe's going to try anything to, to get it going. But until you get Harper, Realmuto, and and um, who else well, is out there? Well, Harper, Realmuto, and Gregorius That's have right. to be back. Until you get those three guys in your lineup, and look, we're assuming. I mean, Didi's injury might be worse than we think. Oh, I think that's that's a, a certainty. You know, you mentioned Joe Girardi, and today he announced that he's going to institute a new policy. We assume he's talking about injuries because Gene Segura apparently pinch hit in this game. I was at school, so I don't I don't know. Gene Segura, Segura did he pinch hit? I think in the in, um in the ninth, yeah. and he put Maton in in the bottom of the ninth. No, I think he pinch hit in the eighth. Okay, then he put Maton in. After that. You might be right. It was one of those innings. Yes, right. I was listening. And he was asked, here's the question from our buddy Matt Gelb. He was asked to explain just a, a simple question. Cigar hurt or was something else happening? And here is the response. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Joe, I was just wondering why Gene didn't stand and play. Uh, second, was it just um, to move the pitcher spot or is he okay? Yeah. Just, just so you guys know. Um, we're going to approach this different. I've, I've talked to people in our organization, um, just a manager's decision. And I'm not going to share anything who's available, who's not available, because I think it's somewhat unfair to us. Just like if you, you know, were to do something, you're not going to necessarily share it with a, a rival reporter. Um, so that's the way we're going to handle just manager's decision. And that is the answer from Joe Girardi. Wise move for a professional team. I know we talk about in college, it's a regular deal. Um, and in the NHL, it's upper body, lower body. But no more injury updates coming from, from Joe Girardi at this point. Mike. Well, they used, to, they used to lie in football until the NFL made the injury report. Yeah. Changed. Yeah, but they used to like, there was a way they could put list the guys like questionable when he really was doubtful or yeah. different st- stuff like that. Look, Joe Girardi can do it. Joe Girardi, see, we we operate as journalists under the, the pretext that they owe us. They don't owe us crapola. He is 100% right that he doesn't have to let the Marlins know or the Braves coming in soon or what the status of their guys are. Why would you? Um, well, there is a new element in this, and that is gambling. And let's no, no, be- no. I said, but, but forget, don't get the gambling yet. Okay. Why would you, like, if you're going to say, Joe, that's not right to, to not do that, well, why not? Why does Joe owe it to tell the Marlins who might not be playing today? Well, th- that was, by the way, post-game. So, and it was a question okay. post-game. But, okay, so for the next team, whoever they're playing. Right, they're, they're on playing Saturday. on Saturday, they're playing the Rays. Right. I mean, I, I, I'll say this, okay? I, I do think... There's a couple factors here. One, Joe is Joe feels like he got burned on the Harper thing, and well, he lied. He, yeah. He, well, okay. So if they called him out for lying, and so that's what getting burned means. Yes. Right. I mean, Joe, Joe tried to to soft shoe it and everything, and and it blew up in his face. So maybe Joe's deciding I'm not going to do this anymore, and I'm not going to put myself in a position 
where I have to lie or whatever to, to appease my player or whatever. That could be it, okay? I'll take it from a PR standpoint, though. From a PR standpoint, it looks arrogant. And, and this is not... Let's be Let's be real. This is not football. Football, with the injuries and everything, um, I understand maybe wanting to be a little cloak and dagger because you don't want to expose an injury of if a guy has a you know a, a, a turned ankle or something. You don't want maybe a tackler to you know try to try to injure it or whatever further. I get some of that. Baseball is not that, and it's just to me. After a win like today, and you actually have some decent karma uh, feelings and mojo going before you go to Tampa, which could get wiped out this weekend, but you know what I mean. Um, but you're talking like a writer, Kevin. You're, you're not, no, I just you're, I just think no, it's no, petty stuff. I, I don't think it's smart. You're it's picking a fight you don't like, need to. You're talking like you know the guys who are asking the questions. You've asked questions. Mm-hmm. I've asked questions. And he's not giving you an answer. And that infuriates writers. That because we think it is our right. It's not our right. They, they don't have to tell us Squatola if they don't want to. And I'm just telling you that if I if, if he comes out and says, yeah, Br- Bryce's uh, shoulder's not real good. And Bryce is sitting in the dugout. And the Marlins look over and say, well, geez, I don't care. Let him bring Bryce Harper up in the eighth inning. Why, 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 does, he ha- why does he owe it to us to tell us? I don't get it. But again, that's a that's a writer talking. Okay. It's a writer saying, I have a re you know, you're not answering my questions. Well, he doesn't have to how many times did Andy Reid not answer a question? I mean uh, I'm just saying, you all know. Right. But then we are getting now it is the gambling element. Um and that's somebody else's problem. That's not, I'm not gambling on the game. You want to gamble on the game. Why why does it have to be fair to gamblers? What what rule came down from on high to say, hey, you know. Uh, Mike's betting a hundred dollars on this game, and if he doesn't have all his facts right, he might lose his hundred dollars. You know what? Tough crap. Yeah, but it does get into insider trading, and that and that could uh, be a well, problem. That's, well, that's that, look that whole can of worms, Kevin. It is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I'm just saying, this is a me that it's a legitimate concern. Gamble at your own risk. Okay, there was games this year where Joel Embiid five minutes before the game, the Sixers scratched him or whatever. You know. And then people question whether he was really hurt or not. What if you bet the Sixers that night and the Sixers didn't win? I don't even remember what the game, what the No, I know was. which one you're talking about. I think it was. That's, that is, if you want to gamble on sports, you gamble on sports. Get all the inside information you can muster. But the, the guy who's betting $100 is never going to have all the inside info that the guy betting 10000 is going to have. That's just, I used to gamble. You gamble your own. It's not supposed to be fair. It's, you're trying. It's it, it, this notion that somehow, you know, I got to know if Julio Jones is going to play something, and they're they're listening to him as questionable, and then five guys are going to tell, okay, fine, don't bet the game then. If you're worried about Bryce Harper or Riomoto, or don't bet the game or bet the other team. All right, but do you think? Okay, I'll ask you. I'll ask, I'm looking at it, you're right. I may be looking at it from a former reporter standpoint. I'm also looking at it as somebody who's in, who has done some PR work, okay? It's a needless fight. It, it's it's picking something you don't have to pick at. You know but what I mean? From whose perspective? 
I think from the organization. I think it makes them look a little small and petty. That's all. See, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with you. I, I don't, I don't think there has to be a thousand percent transparency. Like, do you think Joe Girardi's been picked on in this town? No. If if that's look, Joe's reasoning can be Joe's reasoning. I, I he got caught in a bad spot on Monday. He got caught lying. Right. And he probably said, you know what? I don't want to get caught lying anymore. So the way to deal with that is I'm not going to say anything. That's his answer. And I don't blame him. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I hate Joe Girardi now. Joe Girardi's got to oh, I'm not a hate Joe Girardi guy either. No, no, Let me point out. Saying, I'm just saying. What difference it does it make? If, Kevin, what difference does it make if Joe Girardi gives you a valid injury report every day? What what difference? Is it? If, if Bryce Harper's not in the lineup, that's all I need to know. Right, that's all I need to know. Now, if Matt Breen needs to find out, is he going to play tomorrow? Now, did they put him on the 10-day IL, right, or whatever the hell they call it? Right. Okay, so they're telling he's not going to play for 10 days. I, I don't know what else they have to say. But in a post-game situation like today, where Cigar... Now, this Because also, the question oh, came up. Hold on. But, but this also raises another issue in my mind, Mike. It also leads to the question, was, was Segura an injury or was Segura discipline? And when you do this and you, you say manager's decision, and when you say manager's decision, you blur the line and you may create more of a problem. If he was disciplined, why would they put him in? Maybe he didn't hustle the first. I don't know. But, but, but again, Kevin, he's still not going to talk. What's he going to say? He, the last time with Segura, he didn't tell you. So you think now he's going to tell you this time? It's just... Uh, Kevin, again, you're coming at it from a reporter's need to know. And what Joe's telling you is all you need to know is what you see on the field. And what you saw was Segura pinch hit, and then I put the other guy in in the in the bottom of the right. inning to play, and and then Matt Breen or, or Matt Gelb right? can right. write what they want. By the way, we, we should also point out, this will be interesting when they do open the clubhouses back up. And I can tell you for a fact in getting some emails from the Baseball Writers Association of America, there are steps being taken that clubhouse access is going to be restored for reporters in baseball at some point here, perhaps after the All-Star break or whatever. Um, So somebody will go up to Segura and say, hey, Segura, and then he'll say, I I have no comment. But this policy is not going to last. I don't think it's, it's sustainable. I think he says it now, but I don't think it's going to be able to last. That's my own opinion. Well, I could fine. be wrong. Why are we? Then why are we, Kevin? You're all. I think what you what bothers you is you're a reporter, and when you ask a question, you think a guy should answer it. And I'm here to tell you that in enough times, and you've probably been in many more instances than I have because you covered pros, whereas I was covering colleges, where people weren't going to give you the answer. So, so what am I supposed to say? Yeah, you have to. I'm Mike Kern from the Philadelphia Daily News, and I'm asking you a legitimate question. No. Al Golden would say, we're not discussing injuries. Steve Adazio said, we're not addressing injuries. And these were games that were being played with lines on them, and and, and actually Matt Rule was kind of the same way. That they, And they could do that. I don't know. I'm trying to remember like what Jay Wright or Fran Dunphy would do if, if a guy was hurt. I, I don't But there, there is no rule in life. That says that Joe Girardi has to tell us what you know what you're asking him to tell you. Right. That's all I'm saying. But you're making it sound like there is. There I, isn't. 
I, I do. Th- I think. Looks- the, I think the bar is set differently for for pro sports than college. No, that's me. If he that's looks me. Foolish. Then he has to deal with the fact that he looks foolish. And if he is not bothered by that, then so be it. Right. And uh, that's the bottom line. So if Joe, and I don't know if Joe thought about this for a while. You know, Joe's not going to go to the PR staff and say, "Hey, what do you think of this?" No. Oh, and I, I think this is. I think Joe was right when he said this is an upper management decision. This is Dombrowski, Fold, uh, Girardi. Who the hell knows? Right, all the way up. I don't think this is a. I don't think this is one that's made by the PR staff. That's just my opinion. All right. Yeah, and and it's look. Joe Girardi's the guy making the big bucks. Yeah. Dombrowski's the guy making the big bucks. And if he feels maybe he screwed up Monday, maybe he didn't by how he answered those questions. And the other question is uh, the other part of this is the Phillies have played uh, a few times here. With short benches. And, oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. so now the question is, are they have a short bench or do they not? And that question is going to be open-ended. So. Well, why, are, why did, Kevin, why do they have, like, if... Because they have nobody in the farm the system to come up. Excuse me? They I have nobody in the farm system to come up. So it's not a question... Well, yeah, well... I think, they, I think they expect a miracle cure for all these things, and it ain't happening. Well... So you don't have to bring Mickey Moniak up again. I don't know. No, no, you're not. If I was the Phillies and I had some guy in the minors that was hitting 372 and plays four or five positions, why wouldn't I bring him up? Like, I I don't get it. Because he would get exposed. Bring him up because he might not hit major league pitching? Yeah, because he would get exposed. Well, then you know what? Then then, then this whole thing, if – look, if you don't have a minor league – which they At don't. some point, you're only going to get so far. Yeah. And it seems like what you're saying and what I'm reading is that they don't, or at least not yet. Maybe they have guys down in single A or just who are who are, could be those guys in two or three years. The problem with this organization, whether it goes back to Middleton, Clentac, whatever, whoever, they've got four, you know, Hazley, Moniak, Kingery, and I'm leaving one, and, and um, uh, Roman Quinn. Four guys most of whom were drafted fairly high and they all stink or they're all not good enough and they all play the same position. Mm-hmm. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Now, they've produced Bone. Bone's a really good player. Uh, the first baseman's a good player. Just doesn't have a position. That, But he's a good player. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say he's had his issues. Uh, Noah's a good pitcher. He, he had, didn't have a great May, but he's a good pitcher. But, Mike, they who, have so many different holes. They have who am so, I missing, though? Is that, is that it for... for um, that they he, produced? I mean, he, did they have... Was a Duble one of their guys? Did they no, he was up? a Rule 5 guy. Okay, so so we're talking about three guys. I think I'm missing one guy, aren't I? I oh, well, they, they traded for Eflin. Um, uh, yeah, maybe that's the only three. Neris was their own. Neris isn't okay. bad. No, he no, he's a play. Hey, look, and Suarez no, isn't bad, no, and he's not horrible. He's he no, he's probably so not a closer, but he's probably. Well, he's going to be a closer on this team. Well, he's a closer on this team. That doesn't mean for a, for a good team, he's a real closer. No, but he hasn't been horrible. No, no, I, so I'm not going to bury him. But he's kind of know. a one pitch pitcher. Yeah, well, hey, look, I mean, uh, hey, look, we haven't even talked about this, but Velasquez in his last five starts has been. I, I mean, think about this. He's now like their fourth starter, I guess. He's really their second best pitcher yeah, behind Wheeler. Starts, his ERA must be like two. 
I think it's two nine two nine three. I think I saw. Somebody I don't tweet. know why, but and, and it could blow up at any time. But he's actually looked like a pitcher. Mike, he's their second best starter right now. He is I mean, right. Look, over Noah the last six starts. Had a good outing the other day. There was nothing wrong with that. They, no, they no. That, that I'm game. just saying though. If you want to look at it, Wheeler is the clear one. Yeah, but here's the difference. Vinny can't go past four or five. That's the problem. Vinny went six the other night. I know, and and you were holding your breath in the six. Oh day. yeah, <laughs> that's no so, doubt. I mean, I'm just saying, Nola can go seven or eight. Yeah, when he's got when he's got right. stuff and he's pitching, we'll, and Wheeler's just been. I mean, Wheeler's been great. Right. We'll come There's back no, to. No, nah, we'll come back to the Phillies for for our the start of our little fun summer thing in a minute. Um, let me point out next week, Mister Kern, as he has mentioned, will be in New Orleans. I'll be eating. Beignets, po'boys, and any other fat crap I can get my hands on. And, for seven and, days. And, and, and with that appealing image in mind, and maybe he'll call us in. I don't know, but I might. You, yeah, you've been to New Orleans, haven't you? I have not. Oh man, do you like that kind of food? No. Okay, well then, no. As I've said to my daughter, who wants to go to New Orleans, I said, "But Melissa, what would you eat?" Well, I would, I would, funny, I like, would survive. I would find a way of working it. But have you, have you ever? I mean, have you ever had that kind of food? Have you? Yeah, have I've you, had, I've had Cajun food before. Okay, because it, it, I mean, you can. Well, the beignets ain't really Cajun. Food. No, they're but like I, it's French or Cajun or whatever you. Yeah. Well, there's difference. Creole and Cajun no, are different. Okay, fair. No, but I mean, they're they're kind of they, uh, they, they kind of mix in New uh, Orleans. Yeah, I. Uh, do you so, like gumbo? I am not a gumbo fan. No. Okay. Are are you a seafood fan? Yes. Okay. See, there's a lot of seafood down there, Kevin. I, I mean, you can get uh, um, the, the 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 fish down there is very good. If, do you like shrimp? Yes. Well, you you can eat shrimp at every meal. Yeah. Um. And what the, what else do I? I mean, crawfish. Look, I had I have acquired a taste for shrimp late in my life. What, what was that again? I have acquired a taste for shrimp late in my life. I did not like okay. it originally, but I've kind of grown. Well, they do shrimp. It's like the, it's like the Forrest Gump. They do shrimp like you know yeah. three hundred ninety-seven ways. ways. And you can go like my, my wife is not as quite as adventurous because she doesn't like spice anymore. She's right. Yeah, you know, and I will do. But you can go down there and just go low key, kind of right. And and of course, if you want to go American, you can go American, get steaks or something. Um, but I'll tell you, like poor boys, po boys, whatever the hell they are, really a good sandwich. Uh, but they, when I go down there, I will guarantee you next week, a lot of what I eat will be catfish and shrimp. I just know it going in. Okay. Now, if I don't want catfish, I could do redfish, or I could do sure. I'm trying to think what the other stuff is. But yeah, if you if you don't, and I'm not a drinker, so I'm not going down there. I would like to go see some jazz next because I've never really went to a jazz club. Mm -hmm. I've stood outside a jazz club on, on bourbon street many years ago, but um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's one of those cities. It might be the most unique city in this, in the country. San Francisco is a little bit like that. Vegas, I guess is like that too. It's the kind of place you want to go for like, you don't want to go for more than a week. No, probably. And I'm lucky because I got a place to stay. So, you know, I'm down. And then Bernard gives me the tours. Right. Uh, it's, he takes you around New Orleans and shows you the houses he grew up in. It's it's tremendous. And then the best places are the little dives. So, like, we have our dives up here in Northeast Philly. You got yours. I got mine. 
they got theirs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm responding. You tell, to you tell me next week when you're doing it. And I'll try okay. to call in. We are, we are doing it Wednesday at 11 Eastern. Uh, and if I go to Baton Rouge, they have friends in Baton Rouge. Yeah. If we do go to Baton Rouge, there will be Jack in the Box involved. I understand. Next week, our guest host is going to be Mike Silski. He will join us. And our guest is Natalie Eganoff from formerly in 97.5, The Fanatic. Yeah. We will- I really I really wish I... I don't know Natalie, but I but I I can't, I warmed up to her a little bit more and more, and I know she's leaving and to try to get into something, and I yeah. wish her all all the best. Uh, so we'll talk to Natalie. She was mentioned last week by Rhea Hughes, and that's part of the reason yeah. we're connecting in on that one. Um, I want to get you to talk a little bit about Phil Mickelson and what happened to Kia. Well, by the way. I, I know we talked about Kiowa, and you talked about how big a pain in the rear end it is when you cover something in Kiowa, correct? Yeah, but from what I gathered last week, the media, because the media is might have actually been on the island. Right. Which makes it much, much, much easier. When you're the last time when the PGA was there in 2012, the media was staying in Charleston. Right. Which means you have to bus from Charleston to Kiowa, and it's it's basically one road in. Right, beautiful. It's a beautiful drive, Kevin. If you ever get a chance to do it, because mm-hmm. you're driving in all these over these trees, or it's like you're driving through a rainforest. But then when you get to the island, then you had to get on a shuttle bus that took you like the 15 minutes to where the course is. And by the way, the hotel there, where it's called the Sanctuary. I believe. right, it is because I was Might looking. Have been it the nicest hotel I have ever had the pleasure to stay in in my life. It was, and I've stayed in some good ones. I've been lucky. That one is fabulous. Fabulous. And and the vistas that were coming from the ocean course were incredible. But then you add in Phil. And Mm -hmm. the idea that a 50-year-old who, what were the odds on Phil, by the way? 200. Okay. That a a 50-year-old at 200 to 1 goes on and, and really outlast all these guys. You know, he shot one over on the final day. That's but, okay. But but that okay. Uh, the, with the wind conditions changing, and he played smart golf. He uh, you he, know, he was up like four or five like on Saturday. Whole, you know, no, on Sunday. On Sunday, right? When they made the turn and, and he hit a three hundred and sixty six yard drive on sixteen. Uh, he led almost from start to finish, which is hard enough to do, right? For like a Brooks Kepka. But I will throw two things. If Tom Watson had won the British Open in 2009 at Turnberry, right, where he came so damn close to doing it, in much the same circumstances, led almost the whole way, it got a bad break on the last hole, and then whatever. To me, it would have trumped Jack Nicholas, what Jack Nicholas did in 86. It, w- it wouldn't even be the same thing. But I was listening to ESPN the next day because I, I watch Pardon the Interruption every day. And Will Bond and Kornheiser were debating which was the bigger surprise, Tiger two years ago or Phil. Excuse me? Wait a minute. Let's replay this. Tiger was 14 to 1. I went back and checked. He was the fourth favorite. Mm -hmm. The the August before that, he had finished second at the PGA, two behind Kepka, and then won the tour championship. And he also finished, he was second at the British, wasn't he? Uh, that I don't, he, he was in contention. He was in contention and he led in the final round of the British. Yeah, that you year might before. be right, Kevin. 
he was in. He was definitely in contention. Right. Molinari passed him. Right. You're right. Okay. So let's think about that. And he was 43. Right. Now, I know he hadn't won a major in 11 years. Phil is 50. Phil hasn't been a factor in like a year and a half for the most part. Mm-hmm. They're asking him, is he going to, you know, they're asking him about, will you accept the USGA's special invitation to play in the U.S. Open, which now, of course, he doesn't have to worry about because he's exempt for five years. I'm just saying, it's not even close. It's not even in the same universe. No. Phil came completely out of left field. And now, the interesting thing is, and look, some people like Phil, some people don't like Phil. Phil is a polarizing kind of guy. There's people who think he's a phony. There's, But there's no doubting he's the second best golfer of his era. He didn't win his first major until he was 33. He was the next Nicholas when he came up in 91 like five years ahead of Tiger became the mm-hmm. next one. So all those things conspire in this great story. He's the oldest ever, uh, which a record that had stood for since 1968 for oldest major. Now he's going to the U.S. Open. On his, his home course. Yeah. It's a course he played. Look, he may miss the cut. I don't know what's going to happen. He'll still go. I think this week he's going off at um, 50 or to one or 40, something to one. Jordan Spieth, I actually have Jordan Spieth this week, so he's got no shot, even though he's leading after today. But, yeah, it's, to me, it was just a great – it's one of those moments in golf. And, look, I thought Kepka was going to – I had Kepka. I thought after the first hole, even before the first hole, Kepka's probably going to win this thing. And I, Brandel Chambly on the Golf Channel made a great point that he thinks his little bit of a uh, – not a little bit, his, his right knee issue caught up with him, which was why Kepka kept missing shots to the left. He missed a lot of shots to the left. You can't miss shots on that golf course. And the reason Phil won is because he hit more fairways than Phil usually hits. But Phil is our generation's Arnold Palmer. Arnold could, Arnold lost the Masters once when he double bogeyed the last hole. Arnold was the guy that would take chances, the swashbuckler. Jack Nicholas and Tiger Woods are not that person. They're cold. They're calculating. They do what they do. And that's the way I look at it. And to me, Phil might never win a major again, just like Tiger might never, especially now after what happened with the accident. But you know what? They gave us those treats. And we got two of them in two years, which is amazing when you really think about it. And I'm going to tell you something. I've played Kiowa, but that doesn't matter if I played or not. That course is not an easy golf course. I'm just telling you. In the first. Which Tyson's a good golfer. Right. And kept his, and they couldn't make it. They just couldn't, you know, put the pressure on him enough. But what happened at the 18th hole was was ludicrous. Uh, it used to happen at the British Open all the time, yeah. and you know, we should point but, out we should point out that uh, Phil in his first round on um, on uh, on Thursday was three over. He was. So it's been it's been a bit of a tough week. So. This is what you have to know about Phil. Think about this. Because people were asking him about the senior tour. Or ask, he's, I mean, these questions are kind of legit, right? Mm-hmm. He's played on the senior tour. He's won some events. Sure. He, about a year ago, I think, sat there and said, you know what? I want to do this again. Now, whether, that's go- whether it's going to have a happy ending, or- he lost weight. He got in better shape. He worked. I mean, he had to drive 366 yards. Yeah. Okay. And it all paid off. Now, there's no guarantee. He could have went out Sunday and Kepka could have played really well and 
Phil could have finished second or third. It would have been like the Tom Watson kind of deal. But he didn't. He, he won. And, you know, I, I wish, Kevin, there were a few days. I, I wish I'd been there in 18 with Villanova, even though we got the right 16. There's days you wish you were still doing what you did. Mm-hmm. Sunday was one of those days. I wish, you know, if I was still at the Inquirer, uh, Daily News, I would have called Gary Petoskey up and said, Gary, I got to write this. Right. Just as I probably would. Have. Now, Mike Jensen wrote a really good story about when he had covered Phil when Phil was like 21 years old in San Diego. And it was a really nice story by Mike. But I would have loved to have written that because, man, you, you, you know, or Tiger two years ago. As a writer, you just sit there and you drool. You know, it comes out, it comes out. Now there's pressure that you got to write a good story, but uh, that was, you know, it's like we were all were sitting there at 16 saying, how the hell do we write this? Well, and, and the thing was, and it was strange, because when I watched it on Sunday, I found myself probably more emotional than I thought I would be, because I remember covering Phil. I had Phil duty in 13 at Marion, and... Okay. The big story that week was he he left to go to his daughter's graduation. Yes, he did. Um, middle school graduation. Middle school graduation. Middle flew school home. Graduation. Right. Flew home. Yes, flew back. Thursday night, I believe it was. Yeah. Thursday night. Played really well through Saturday. Had the lead on Saturday. Then he kind of stepped back and Justin Rose. No, he had the lead on Sunday, Kevin. Up until 13, right. Up until 13, he hit a wedge long. Made a bogey. On 15, he hit a wedge short, short. and three-putter. Right. If those two wedges had gotten him pars, he would have tied. And I think he bogeyed the last hole when he was trying to make a birdie. Yeah, he, 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 over, a- he overstretched. He, he was trying to drop. He, he was trying to make. He was trying to reach it in two, and he over. If he makes those two pars, he wins at Marion. No. And I'm still convinced he would not have won at the British Open the next month. Probably not. I, I think the British Open just kind of – because that was always the major that even he said, that's probably not the one I'm equipped to win. And I never understood that because Phil's got a lot of imagination in his game. Yeah. And I thought that's what the British – but he played – the last round of the British, I think he shot 66. He played a great round of golf. I think he was like three or four back when the day started. So he had his moment. But this ties him with – let me see if I got this right. Ties him with Faldo at six majors. Um, there's a couple of Trevino's got six majors. There's another guy. And then, and the, the guys at seven are like Arnold Palmer. Uh, Bob, I think they list Bobby Jones cause they don't count as four us amateurs, which right. actually when he was playing was a major cause he never turned professional, but look, he, he, he's a, he's an all timer. Well, he might not be one of the all timers, but he's an all timer. And I will say, and, you know, getting back to that, my dad worked at the Open in thirteen. Okay, uh, and he passed. Where was he at? What was he doing? He was a mar- He was a uh, security. Like he, okay. he was, you know, one of the volunteer marshals, whatever you want to call it. They needed him at Kiowa. Kevin. They didn't need him at Kiowa. <laughs> um, but he was done his round on Saturday. He was done his hole on Saturday. Right. And we met up at seventeen. Seventeen's the par three at Marion. Right, long par three, yes. The long yeah, par where three, where our media tent was. Yeah, and at that point, you know, sunlight's fading, and Phil hit a shot that had to be within five feet, and he hit up and he hit the putt, and the place, it was the green was surrounded by people, 
uh, you know, obviously with the they had the big stands there and everything. It was kind of as close to a stadium element as you had at Marion. Yeah. And I remember turning because my dad was a Phil guy. My dad was always a Phil guy. And my dad was bursting. He loved it. And I thought of him a little bit on Sunday when I watched it. It was pretty well, cool. If you remember, Kevin, I mean, look, everybody at Marion wanted Phil to win. Nothing against Justin Rose. I, oh, I don't yeah. mean it that way. But everybody wanted Phil to win. It's like when I was at the 2007 Open at Oakmont near Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. they all wanted Tiger. And Tiger ended up losing by one to um, the guy from Argentina that nobody cared about. Uh, and Cabrera. On Cabrera, right. That's Cabrera's fault because Cabrera won a, a Masters a couple of years later. Now he's 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 under arrest for something down there. I don't know what he did. Really? <laughs> yeah, there was a story. It, it, it's like one of those weird stories, you know, where you don't know what's true, what ain't true. But, yeah, he's 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 got some law problems. But everybody at Marion wanted to put – because they had Trevino in 71 over yep. Nicholas. They had Hogan in 50. They had all these Bobby Jones in 30. And, David, and they wanted and, Mickelson to go right. up on that. Everybody forgets David Graham in 81. Well, look, David Graham played one of the greatest <laughs> final rounds in golf history. Yeah. He hit, all the, he hit all the fairways and all the greens. I think he missed one fairway by a foot mm-hmm. and maybe a green by a couple inches. But he basically played a perfect round of golf. I, I think he closed with a 67. Yeah. If I'm not and, – and just – but because it's David Graham – you know, people, but yeah, it, it's Marion has a long list, obviously, of of those kind of moments, and and you know they wanted Phil, and and Phil had it. I mean, it was it was kind of Phil's to lose. Yeah. If, if I told Phil Mickelson you're going to have two wedge shots, and all you got to do is par with the with, with your wedge, and you end up making two bogeys. Yeah. That's you know not good. All right, so we mentioned last week we played the. Um, we played the clip of Gene Hart, uh, obviously, from uh, the 1974, 1974 Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Finals. And, and Mike mentioned it was one of the best moments in the history of, of Philadelphia sports, and it is. And Announcing-wise. Announcing-wise. One of the best calls in the history of might Philadelphia be, Might sports. be the best. Um, so it got me thinking, and it kind of got me to this point, that I think over the next, you know, look – until the Eagles come back to training camp and once the Sixers run is done, we're going to be searching for stuff to talk about. Let's be bluntly honest. Yeah, the, Sixers, the Sixers run might be two months or so in the making. It could be. It but could be. but we're gonna we're gonna be able to have a little fun here. I want to make the a little lighthearted. So you got mini camps too. You're forgetting mini camps. I, I forgot mini camps, yeah. yeah I did. forgot I forgot flyer the NHL draft. Um I'm sure that'll raise a lot of interest. Um, well, those mini camps, everybody's going to be looking good at those mini camps. And I can't wait to read Elliot's stats. Anyway, um, I, I kid, <laughs> Elliot. I kid. He ran fast. He, yeah. Um, so the one thing I wanted to do was I want to kind of put a little bit of a, 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 a I want to put a challenge to my partner, and I want you guys to comment on social media. We're going to break down. We're going to play the best calls for each of the teams. And I have like six or seven of them. And the obvious ones, obviously, are the championship ones. But I want to get your thoughts on on what the best ones are. Okay. And so there's a few options here. And uh, we're going to start today with the Phillies. Because the Phillies, Before I think. Before you do this. Yes. I'm hoping this isn't one of the. 
there was a call by Richie Ashburn back in, um, it had to be like late 70s. Right. When the, the Daily News did the home run payoff thing. Yeah. And the whole thing. Bobby Tolan. How about that for a name? Bobby oh. Tolan. Yeah. I think it was against the pot. Anyway, he hits a grand slam. Somebody won 10 grand. Right. Richie's call was. All time. The best minute of the radio. It was because it was Richie. You know, it was. It, and I think it gave the Phillies a lead or something. Or, But somebody won 10 grand in the <laughs> Daily News. Home run payoff, and Richie was yelling like the Phillies had just won the World Series. Well, I, I should point out that uh, that just missed the cut. Um, no, you 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 you're aware of that one? No, no, no I wasn't. I'm, I'm kidding. I, I'm telling you, if you ever find it, okay. It, it's it's you know. Well, let me put it this way: it's the ones I can find on YouTube. Okay, and yeah, first yeah, of all, yeah. for, first of all, uh, all these are courtesy of Radio. Uh, WIP or, or WPHD was the radio uh, host for the Phillies for a long time. A couple of the TV calls, obviously, are Comcast Sportsnet or NBC Sports Philadelphia. Um, and so I have to get that legalese away. Um, this is played in tribute, not trying to steal anything. First one, October 1980. It's not Harry, though. It's Andy Musser. The pitch to Schmidt. Long drive to left field. He buried it. He buried it way back. Out of here. Home run. Mike Schmidt puts the Phillies up 6-4. Oh, what a drive by Schmidt. Unbelievable. He hit that thing deep to the seats in left field. And the Phillies greet Schmidt at the plate. Mike clasps his hand. He shakes hands with all of his teammates. What a wild scene in Montreal. That was the, that was, I believe, a Saturday night, correct, Mike? I was sitting in my living room with friends. I think it actually was a game that was supposed to be an afternoon game. Right. And there was delays, there was weather, whatever. So by the time that happened, I think it was like 9 o'clock at night or whatever. And Harry called that on television, but the Musser call became more famous. Musser uh, call was, was the, the he buried it part was yeah. just... Uh, yeah. 2009 Game Four National League Championship scare- Series. It's Scott Fransky on the call. Jimmy Rollins at the plate. Swing and a drive, right center field. This one is falling. It's a base hit. It'll go up the alley. Rutland will score. Ruiz around third. He is being waved home. The Phillies have won the ball game. Ruiz yes. slides. Rollins has won it. They stream out of the dugout. Yeah. Rollins by yeah. near third. This game is over as the Phillies Woo. strike again with two outs in the ninth inning, and they have a three games to one lead. I was, there you go. And uh, L.A. We should point out in the background. Mike, I still I still contend that of non-championship moments, that has got to be maybe the greatest moment in Philly Philadelphia sports history. Because if you remember, the Dodgers were one strike away from tying that series at forcing two. Forcing everybody back on an airplane to L.A. after Game and, Five, right? And Brockton, I think, was their pitcher, right? Who threw Brockton, hard, right? And I think Jimmy had fouled off a, a two-strike pitch. Right before, and I'm watching the game, and I'm like, when he hit the ball, it didn't dawn on me. All I knew is that they had tied the game. And then I see the ball, and I'm like, they're going, and it was Tooch running. Tooch mm-hmm. couldn't run. But, yeah. and he came, and it was just, you went from defeat to victory in the span of 20 seconds. Well, and and, and the, the, the subplot on that inning is 
Broxton, obviously, it's it, Broxton is up. It's game four, which Broxton pitched game four in 08 and ended with the Matt Stairs home run, basically. Right, right. Stairs is a one out base, a one out Brock, hitter. Brockton was in in the seventh inning in game in in two thousand eight. No, it was the eighth inning. Was it the eighth inning? Okay. It was the eighth inning? Okay. okay. All right. Uh, uh, Stairs comes up, and Stairs had an awful year in 09, If anybody remembers, came up at 09, It came up in the ninth inning with one out, nobody on, and Broxton literally almost crapped his pants and threw four balls wide, and that got the inning going. Then Chooch got on. There was a second out at the, uh, uh, I think, I'm trying to remember who the pinch hitter was. It might have been Greg Dobbs was the pinch hitter. And then Rollins came up, hit the double. Bruntley was the pinch runner for, for stairs. He scored the time run, and then Chooch scored the winning run. You, have you ever seen the YouTube thing where, you remember in Goodfellas when they, yeah. they robbed Jimmy, they, yeah, I remember that. And they, did, they did a takeoff on that. Yes. With, with him doing the Ray Liotta character, right? Have you seen that? Yes, it's awesome. It's it's freaking hilarious. And one, it, is, it is freaking hilarious. One call I wish I had, and the Fransky call is unbelievable, and Scott does an incredible job. There was also a call by Vin Scully. Now, Vin traveled east for those playoffs, and Vin was right. in his mid 80s. Right. And Scully called it like he was a Phillies announcer. Like he was like, this showed how great Vin was. Vin called, you know, here it comes, and here comes Ruiz with the winning run like that. The part I all I remember is they were one strike away. Oh, from two two, I believe fouled off a two strike pitch. Yep, and he hit it and Into he, had, the gap. he had that short Utley swing. It was yep. like a, it was like a real cut, and I just he hit the line drive. I saw it go over. The second baseman's head. I'm thinking, okay, they tied you the should, game. You should, you should sort of heard my reaction because once I saw it hit the ground and, and skip by Ethier and go all the way to the wall, I had my story done. I, I was Kevin. I'm going to tell you, I, I I don't get excited a lot of times. Right. That, I remember the '80 Houston series because I got I went nuts about three times during that series. Mm-hmm. Good and bad. That hit by Jimmy, I'll never forget. I. I I don't know if I was watching by myself. I think I was watching by myself. I jumped out of my chair, and I'm screaming because I'm like, "He's yeah. going to score!" Yeah, they're going to. And because I knew the series was over at that point, and they, you know, they were going to go back to the World Series. And um, it's it just to me, it's one of the great. And I know they didn't win the World Series that year. I, I get it. They lost to the Yankees. Right. That moment, just for it's a awesome. moment, it is got to be. Uh, you know, because the game was over, the Dodgers had tied the series. I should point out that the the home run call, the, stair, the stairs home run call by Joe Buck, is actually one of the better ones too. And I could have put that on the list, but all right, there's We're Philadelphia hates Joe Buck. Yeah, so we, we can't. Yeah, there's four Harry ones that I've picked out, and. Kevin, we're going to be on for like three hours if you keep no. And so there's four, and I'm gonna I'm gonna run them off in order, and then we'll comment at the end. Okay, first one, 1993. It's July, and it's Mitch Williams at the plate. Stretch and the pitch, swing and a base hit to left center field. Five and ten on the wild things. RBI hit. Can you believe it? I was actually in the ball. I was 
at the ballpark that night. I was 19 years old. And uh, I can tell you that we made to about 1230. And then one of the girlfriends who's now one of the girlfriends of the group that we were at, like basically threatened to leave his, her boyfriend if we stayed. And he's like, all right, we're out of here. And um, we, we did not stick around for history. So I got the, I got the, my better story is I didn't stick around for the ninth inning of the um, black Friday game. My dad didn't stick around for game six of the world series. In 08, well, I wouldn't have I wouldn't skipped out on that one. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Pittsburgh, April, 1987, Mike Schmidt, home run number 500. Scratch by Robinson. The 3-0 pitch. Swag and long drive. There it is. Number 500. The career 500th home run for Michael Jack Schmidt. And the Phillies have regained the lead in Pittsburgh. 8-6. And the Phillies dugout comes swarming out to home plate. There you go. Um, I say this is the day, by the way, that the 07 Phillies became legendary. It's an August day against Billy Wagner. Here's Chase Utley. Oh, Chase Utley. Line drive hit the right field. Here comes Iguchi. The throw to the plate. What a huge win. What a huge series for the Viking Bills who sweep the New York Mets. And that caused, that was the start of the Mets slide, that series, if you remember right. And then, of course, the last one, uh, Brad Lidge, 2008, the final out. Hands on their feet. Rally towels are being waved. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Brad Lynch does it again and stays perfect for the 2008 season. 48 for 48 in save opportunities and let the city celebrate. All right. Mike? Yeah, one, I think you, if, if you, okay. well, my pick would be Jimmy. Okay. I, as I, I said, I just think the moment, I mean, look, Harry calling them win the World Series, yeah, but okay. The, 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 the Schmitty home runs were, were obviously very, the one was when they beat the Braves in game six in 93. Yeah. I think Harry was even better. Yeah. Because he said, this group of wacky throwbacks, yeah. Whatever his words were, mm-hmm. perfectly described. That team and that moment, and I know they didn't go on to win the World Series. I, I I understand, but to me, that one is the one I remember uh, when they beating the Braves. Because look, a lot of people didn't think they were going to beat the Braves, and Mitch had a one-two-three last inning. So yeah, I. But I to me the Jimmy one always the two Schmitty ones are great because especially the one in Montreal. Yeah, that one to me stands out but the jimmy call was just because i thought the game was over (laughs) i I don't remember like if schmitty hadn't gotten hit there i guess i don't know if there was don Don mccormick was the next hitter yeah but but the game wasn't over no 
if Jimmy doesn't get a hit, the game is over. The series is two two, and they're going back to L A. Well, so yeah. Five, well, no, no. They would have had game no, five game at five home. Would have been here. No, they were in L A. No, no. Right? They, no, they were in Philly. Philly. Game, okay, game so five would have been in Philly, been and then they would have had to have gone back for game six. I got you. I got you. I a little mixed up there, but the Jimmy one because it was like he grabbed the victory out of whatever because yeah, Braxton Brack, threw a hundred for the most part. I I didn't think Jimmy looked overmatched. I remember yeah. on the at bat when he fouled the pitch off, it was like okay, well you know he just he staved off the inevitable, and then it was like this just this great swing yep on a fastball and just, just this line drive. And like I said, my initial reaction was, okay, they've tied the game. We're not going home. It's not over yet. And then you see the ball roll into the wall, and you're like, dude, run, run, run. You know, you slow catcher. Just, and he scored easily, as I recall. I don't even think there was. No, the throw, really- the throw only got the second base. So right. um, yeah. I would say, you know, uh, there's, you know, I, I edited it for time. Um, Tom McCarthy's call of Roy Halladay's uh perfect game Uh, the final out was also great um and iconic i but you're right i i you know the jimmy call is awesome but i I keep going back to the musser call because andy musser musser call was great andy musser yeah yeah, andy lived in the shadow of harry and rightly so harry is awesome harry was awesome yeah but that is an iconic moment for a franchise that at that point didn't have a lot of iconic It's moments. what you say. If you can say something that stands it and his, he buried it, is the three words. And it helped. And, and it helped. Because, yeah, you're never going to forget those three words. If you're a Philly fan who was watching the game at that time. Right. And remember, the Phillies had, had been to the playoffs three times and had, had lost. That In 79, they, they flubbed and they lost their manager. Then they go to Montreal. We don't know if they're winning that series. Right. We don't know if they're getting to the NL playoffs. So, yeah, I'm I'm sure the moment in 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 with the Astros when Maddox caught the last out, I'm guessing that was a pretty good call too. I'm not remembering it, but the fact that they were going to the World Series was was a pretty big moment for Philadelphians. But that he buried it. He buried it. <laughs> and, and remember. We had been watching for like seven hours. Yeah. Eight, that game, that, that afternoon, that whole day never ended. And, and you got, and you also remember that the fact that in, in 76 and 77, it wasn't really close when they won the division. I mean, they won 101 games each year. They, they kind of put the division away fairly early. 78, they did squeak, uh, squeak it out against Pittsburgh, correct? In 78. I'm trying to remember, but I don't think any of them went down to the last weekend. Oh, I think, I I think, think 78 did, actually. I don't remember. I remember. Well, I could be wrong. Like I said, Kevin, I, I don't right. remember being like two games left. We're up one. We got to win. I, I don't remember that. But, like, again, I could be wrong. But but the idea that the Phillies ended up going on and, and springboarding from Montreal through Houston, which is still – the best five game series maybe in the history of, of not I don't even think they, people can argue it all they want. The last four games went extra innings. Yeah. Nolan Ryan had a five to two lead in game seven in the seventh inning. And so, or eighth inning, I guess it was. And then obviously, you know, it, they go on and beat the Royals in the World Series. And the World Series that kind of gets lost in the shuffle because the 
Houston series was so good. Um, you know, it was tight. You know, it, they there was a lot of tight games. It fell behind four nothing in game one. Came back George, and won. George Brett got his got knocked on his knocked ass. Knocked on his ass. Whole whole series, and then Manny Trio had that. Oh no, that was Houston series where Manny had the triple down the line, down right. the first baseline. But it, but Del Unser, How about the relay throw? The relay throw yeah. was in was in the World Series, right? Right. Del Unser in Game Five, they're trailing. Unser triples down the That's line right. to, or, right. to score Schmidt, and then you had McCray coming up in the fifth in the Game Five with the bases loaded, yeah, and hitting the ball down the left field line, just foul, just foul, and then he stri- and then then Tug strikes out Cardinal to end it. So yep, yep. Um, all right, so you're going with the Jimmy that thing. I'm going to go with Jimmy Andy. or Andy. I'm, right. I, I could go either way. Jimmy um, so we're going to do this for all four teams. Uh, just to give you a little, you know, a little bit of a feel. We'll do it through the summer. How, how and about then, the union? We're going to do the union too. Uh, I, I don't know if I can find them. Um, sure. But we're going to, uh, I would love to get your feedback on social media about, you know, and at Kevin Cooney is my Twitter. Don't handle. encourage him, Kevin. Um, I know. Uh, and if we miss one, if we miss one, let me know. So, uh, Wait, You know what we should probably do, too? If we can. This might be harder. Some college sports. Yeah, uh, we could. There's a few of them. I, well, there's one that's – but I'm sure there's a call from 85, and I'm sure there's a call from 16. Would that have been our boy Stevie Fredericks? In 85? He did Nova for a while. I'm wondering if he well, did – I'm watching on TV. Right. So I so I have the foggiest idea who would have been doing it well, then. Eighty five was Brent Musburger, right? Um, let me think. I think the Villanova Georgetown game was Musburger, Musburger and Packer. You could be right. I know it was Packer. But yeah. Packer 16, did like seventy 16, of them in a row. We didn't hear sixteen because we were there. I I mean we heard oh, it I, later. Yeah, yeah I've, that was um our boy from uh, Jim Nance. Yeah, but who's the color guy? The, oh, uh, uh, Bill Raftery. Bill Raftery. Yeah, what was the one he had? Stone? No, Coke. Uh, Onions, double order. Onions. <laughs> I just, just, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's, hey, look, I still think the Christian Leitner game here was the greatest college game ever for not any number of reasons. People will tell you the 74 Maryland NC State game. For the ACC title, that went, I believe, double overtime, at least one overtime, mm-hmm. because Maryland, the loser, was not going to the NCAA tournament. No. And they were the two best teams in the country with UCLA, three best. But the Jenkins, that the Jenkins, nobody may ever, uh, one of the teams, Loyola Chicago, actually won an NCAA title, I believe, in 63 on a tip-in in double overtime. So they did win at the buzzer, but not like Jenkins did it. No. I, and now Villanova would not have lost the game. That's always my criteria. Leitner's team, if he misses that shot, they're going home. They ain't going to the Final Four. So if Chris misses, Villanova's still playing. But that, I, we could live another, we could be sitting here 40, 50 years from now. That may never happen again like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because I think that's the only shot, like I said, other than that Loyola tip-in, where the game was won on eight, I mean, Seton Hall won the or Michigan won the, in '89 on two free throws with a second to go on that controversial call. But I mean, Chris Jenkins let, like letting it fly, and we all thought it was going overtime. Let's be honest. We, we didn't think. Sure. Yeah. I, I never forget the greatest quote I thought from Archie Diakono. Like a year later, I had to do a story looking back at the shot. 
And Art said, you know, I wanted to shoot that ball so bad. I, he goes, I didn't want to pass the ball. I had the ball on my hands. I wanted to take the shot. Sure. And I mean, how honest is that? It is. And, and but he did. Yep. And you know. Um. All right. So Mike is away next week. Uh, Mike Silski is with us. He will be our. Co- uh, Are you probably doing it on Wednesday? Probably. We're doing it Wednesday at eleven a.m. It is already set up. Oh, 11 a.m. Eleven a.m. Okay. Because we're. Well, I got to tell you, we got reservations at Commanders at noon that day. Okay. But you never know. Never know. You never know. I could, I, I could uh, or you could get Murphy. Oh. Um, Sealski did a podcast for like I I I remember years and years. And years. Um, it's still in. It's, it never ended. It's still on. So, and Natalie Eganoff will be our guest, and then obviously we'll keep talking about the Sixers because the Sixers wish, are good. wish not well for me. I will. I that will. series could be over by then, right? The Sixers play what Saturday and then Monday. Well, they'll be up three to one at the worst. Yeah, if it's two to two, this town will go. Oh my god, I don't even want to think about that. Yeah, if, if somehow the Wiz win twice, oh god. Anyway, you have to, to hold people back, Kevin. Then, yeah. then all those people you're asking to go to social media, they will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, safe travels. Uh, we will talk to you in two weeks, Michael. Okie dokie. All right. Be good. Uh, Be good. Our thanks to you for joining us. We had a lot of fun on this episode. We'll see you next Wednesday. This has been Work of the Beat.